Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Dr. Denise. And don't get carried away. That's just an honorific. You know, I, I, I bask in it. I don't take it seriously. <laughs> You're the only person that calls me doctor. And because you are such a good doctor, I, I feel privileged that you even consider saying that to me, but I know better. So, well, I think you're a doctor of caregiving. How about that? I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will, I will receive that. So you have something you want to tell our listeners today. So have at it. Okay. Well, the reason I wanted a special platform today, and I don't really want to talk at anybody, is that I think that it's important to revisit how and when you should seek an evaluation for somebody who has behaviors that I think are questionable. It's like, is it Alzheimer's? Is it is it dementia? What's going on with my relative? And the reason I'm bringing this up is because during the pandemic, many of us have been socially isolated, not doing what we normally do. And now as people are coming out with the vaccine, they're in public a little bit more. And then maybe friends and family who haven't seen us in a long time are observing things that look a little different. And What I can say is that this social isolation that's been forced upon all of us has been particularly difficult for older adults who might have had some cognitive difficulties, some difficulties with their memories before, but because they had routines in place, because they went to Bible study, because they had exercise and they had a routine to their lives, we didn't necessarily notice that there was something awry. What are you seeing that may be different from these people? Well, uh, what I have been hearing, and because I have been called on several occasions in the last several weeks, is that people are increasingly more confused. People who had been able to go grocery shopping without any difficulty, people who had been managing their bills, were no longer doing that. Um, Other things that have been noticed by family members and other people are people who are forgetting things. Um, I had a friend who's uh, very active in her church who's been forgetting that she's made appointments. Now, I'm not expecting everybody to be able to do a Zoom call, and everybody cannot, but she's forgetting that she's supposed to keep certain appointments. And so, The spouses aren't necessarily calling me. It's the friends or the church members or the bridge sisters who have been in contact with this person. 
And they're calling me because they've been going to a lot of our programs and they say, well, you know, she used to work with you a lot on this program or that program. Can you help us? And as a primary care clinician, I can certainly help. But more importantly, I need people not to call and get on the phone and sound worried about somebody. I need you to be definitive and deliberate with your actions. So if you see that somebody's having a problem, and let's just say this problem is something that can endanger their safety. Let's say they're having trouble uh, driving, they're getting lost, or they've had a car accident, they haven't reported it. And from firsthand experience, I can say that that's what was happening to my mother. So that's, you need to get on that very quickly. Yeah, you don't need to wait for something like that to happen. And even though you may have a good relationship with a friend or somebody like me that you worked with before, it's sort of like, okay, now what do I do? I said, first of all, you need to make sure that this person is safe. So if somebody is driving and getting lost or um, has had car accidents, something like that needs some kind of intervention. So you can't just sit by and leave that alone. You've got to intervene. I don't care whether you're a family member or a friend, maybe legally you can't do anything about that, but you do know somebody in that person's family that you can call. Mm -hmm. The number one thing should be making sure that whoever it is that you are observing as having a difficulty, first thing is ensure that they're safe. So if you think that driving is a problem, then you be the first one to figure out to talk to the relative or you be the relative that takes the keys away from them and makes it such that they can do whatever it is that needs to be done without the car. And that's exactly what I did. I believe with your advice at the time, I, like you're telling our listeners, get some help from someone who's knowledgeable. And I went to the doctor I got them to write me a note saying that she should no longer drive. I went with her to the motor vehicle department and they were going to give her their li- license. license. And she it did not, take much. it does not. She did not pass that test. And I was standing behind there, like waving my arms, like, no, <laughs> but they were going to give her the license. The long story short is I had the note from the doctor. And once they saw that, they were like, ah, so you have to be proactive. You have to do things like that. So next thing, after we've ensured their safety, is don't get on the phone, sound the alarm, and call this one, that one, and the other for their opinions about what needs to be done. Let's get them to a qualified healthcare professional to try to sort it out. So call that person's primary care doctor. Tell that person's doctor what you are observing. No, don't let them try to make an appointment on their own because we've kind of figured out that they don't have the ability to do that, right? Correct. So what I advised one of my, uh, I call them my family friends <laughs> to do for an aunt of hers, I said, you call and make the appointment for the doctor's visit. You write it down and you tell her when she's going to go to the doctor. And she said, well, she doesn't allow me to do that. I said, I know she doesn't allow you to do that. But if you make the appointment, you can go there with her. You can make sure that she has that doctor's appointment. 
And so in this particular case, uh, the doctor's office called the person to tell her that she had an appointment. And she was fine with that because it came from the doctor's office, not from her niece. So they made an appointment to go to the doctor together. And what I told uh, my friend to do was to make sure that she wrote down and documented all of the things that she had observed to discuss with the doctor. Yes. Now, why is that important? As I've pointed out before, some things in um, the evaluation of people with uh, cognitive dysfunction, I'll use that word, may be fixable. It's not always dementia. It may be that they're taking their medications incorrectly. Maybe they're double dipping their medicines. Maybe they're mixing their Benadryl with something that makes them um, a little foggy. Sedated. Yeah, make, gives them a brain fog. So if I'm mixing my Benadryl with um, a sleeping pill, maybe that's the problem. Okay, but it's real important to make sure that what you're observing isn't related to some fixable medical condition. That's why you need to start with the doctor. And you need to start with the doctor and make the appointment and be sure that somebody who knows what's going on is going accompanying that person to the doctor. So go discuss it with the doctor so that they can do the medical assessment for what needs to be evaluated. Maybe they do have a urinary tract infection. Maybe, and that can be fixed. Okay, yeah. Maybe they're taking their medications improperly. That can be fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, in the case of somebody who's having frequent accidents, keep bumping into something. Maybe they have a cataract that needs to be fixed so that their depth perception and their visual field is such that they can operate their motor vehicle safely. So beyond talking to a doctor, let's just say we get to the doctor and we find that we don't really have medical things that are going on. It's that doctor's job to do what's necessary to make the referrals that are necessary to arrive at a diagnosis of some type of dementia. Now, as a primary care doctor, my job is to make sure that diabetes is under control, the heart disease is under control. If you've got COPD, are you hypoxic? Are you getting enough oxygen? Because now you're not using your inhalers. You're not using your steroid inhaler to make it such that you can breathe well. Mm -hmm. So, the doctor's job is to make sure that everything that is supposed to be managed is properly managed. And beyond that, in the dementia assessment, what else needs to go on? As I've said before, we like to get a brain image to make sure somebody has not had a stroke and or a bleed of some kind or some kind of masses. Uh, one person in particular in the last, since Christmas, uh, was telling me that her father was having difficulty. He was falling. Some days he was lucid. Some days he was not lucid. Long story short, her father had developed a metastatic lung cancer. He was being mm. treated for lung cancer and he was under surveillance and they, she had been told that all of his scans were clear and they were, but they didn't, they weren't imaging his brain. And so when he was starting to have problems with confusion and beyond confusion, it was balance, not being able to get up, not being able to move. And they looked at his brain, they found that he had brain mets. So somebody who has is appears to be in good health and yeah, they had prostate cancer, but that's all fine. They had lung cancer, but that's all fine. 
maybe there's been a spread in older adults, cancers do recur and they usually recur in an area that's distant from wherever the initial cancer was. So um, this particular individual, when she realized what was happening, we understood that metastatic cancer, certainly cancer that's moved from the lungs to the brain is not something that you're going to cure or not something that you're going to treat. So the decision was made for the person to be placed in hospice care. And as a result of that, uh, the daughter was able to get care in the home to help bathe her father, take care of him, maintain his sense of dignity and let him pass on in peace and with great dignity. She was grateful, but more importantly, she was given permission to take the reins of what was going on and not trying to intervene and do too much that her father really couldn't manage. So this was somebody who moved her father from another state to be here to live with her, to make sure that he was taken care of because he couldn't take care of himself at home by himself anymore. And he needed a lot more assistance. So she said, well, all right, daddy, I'm gonna move you down here with me. You're just gonna have to be here with me because I can't move and I, I just need you to be down here so I can supervise. Sounds, so, like, sounds like my story. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, what's a good age? What's a good time to check on people? Um, everybody has their thoughts, but I will say that if somebody in your life is somewhere between 80 to 90, now is the time to, even though they look like they're independent and they're doing okay, let's take a little closer look and see what we can do to make sure that they are safe in whatever environment it is they are in. And if they're needing help with different things that you have provided for that. Um, uh, uh, a link sister friend of mine from Jackson, Mississippi, who is 95, like my mom, Wow. Very active, goes to club meeting, goes to church. Uh, she lives in Jackson, Mississippi, but her daughter lives in Atlanta. Doesn't really want to move <laughs> to leave her home. She has a big, big house in the suburbs, but it's sort of like she can't manage that anymore. Well, we have somebody in there and she told me, she said, you know, I don't want to leave my house. And I'm like, I know you don't want to leave your house, but you need to allow somebody to come in there and help you. Yeah, 95. That's right. She wants to be in her house. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm fine to have her in her house, but I don't want her in her house if she's unsafe. Right. I don't want her in her house if it's difficult for her to manage. And the reason I'm giving you the 80 to 90 window is that even though people look like they're independent, there's something they need assistance with if you look a little closer. Mm -hmm. So rather than meet, make crisis your mode for activity and intervention, let's be a little bit more proactive. Okay, mm -hmm. you talked about taking the keys away from your father. We talk about driving, but um, my husband's not in his 80s, but he said, you know, I think I'm gonna stop driving. and I said to him, I said, I think that's a good idea. You know why I said that's a good idea? Why? Because lots of car accidents and our insurance rates have gone up. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a sign. That's, that's a, sign. a sign. And they said, well, you know, um, 
we'd lower your insurance premiums if he surrendered his license. And I put that to him and he said, oh, no. (laughs) 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 If you could do it for two years, my insurance rates would come down. Wow. And why is that? Because to be quite honest with you, he has problems. He has cataracts and he's resisted getting them fixed. Mm. And because he has those cataracts, his field of vision is poor. So his depth perception is off. So he's bumping into things. He's bumping into rails. He's bumping into other cars and he's not making the proper lane changes. Not because he can't drive. Right. He can't see. There's something going on. Right. My point exactly. Yes. So I think that when you see things that are occurring that look like they're a little out of order, please get them checked. In dementia evaluation, we always say, let's get your hearing checked, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're in your late 60s, early 70s, and you've never had your hearing checked, get your hearing checked, get your eyes checked, get your vision checked to make sure that you can see so that you can safely operate your motor vehicle. Why? Motor vehicles are what gives us our autonomy. And I understand why people don't wanna stop driving, but you can't drive if you can't be safe in operating that vehicle. If you can't see that you're too close to the vehicle next to you, maybe you don't need to be driving, but you can't tell anybody who's driving that that's the case. Right. Sometimes they have to come to that own realization, but you can can encourage them to come to that conclusion. Right, but first order of the day is always ensure that person's safety If you see that something looks awry, investigate further. Certainly make an appointment, a conjoint appointment where you can discuss what you're observing with that person's doctor before you jump to they've got Alzheimer's or something like that. Um, But sort it out with the doctor. Don't go with a lot of emotional concerns. Put out objective facts, things that you've observed that need to be addressed. The other things that I would caution people to, or not caution, advise people to strongly do is start looking at that person's documents. How are bills paid? You know, can we automate things for people who want to live independently? This is really for children, adult children of uh, older, uh, their geriatric parents. Make sure that there's a mechanism in place by which their bills can be properly paid and they're not writing checks to people they don't know. Um, I had to intervene with my aunt. She was writing checks to people she didn't, for things that she, she was writing checks to a triple A for a car that she hasn't owned in 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Things like that. She was having automobile insurance premiums for a car that she has not been in in 15 years. So it's those sorts of things that you need to kind of start looking at at a distance and and just make an appointment to start, you know, all right, we'll we'll go to the bank once a month and let's just go through your bills and make sure we've done everything we're supposed to do. Do that in front of the banker because then they're not going to fuss with you so much. They're with the banker. So when things start happening like this, that's a perfect time to get an assessment. Right. Getting an assessment. Medical doctor who can do what they need to do. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Monica. Thank you, Dr. Denise. (laughs) I receive it. Please follow us on Twitter, MPMK at MPMK Podcast. And on Facebook, my parents are now my kids. 
and on Instagram. My parents are now my kids. See you next time.